Sanctuary. Put your hands together. You, you put your hands together. I told y'all I feel a new season coming along. I feel a new season. I feel a new a new season as a there's a move of God happening right now. And I want y'all to be, be ready, be feeling it, be, be invested in what God is getting ready to do. There's a breakthrough for the house. There's a breakthrough for your lives. I feel the fire burn. Hey. There's a, there's a breakthrough anointing in this place. There's a breakthrough anointing in this place. Hey, glory, hallelujah, God, we love you. Ooh. Hey, thank you, Jesus, we bless your name. Hallelujah. I see you, saints. I see you, saints. That's right. Let's give it up for the Lord. The Holy Ghost is here. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 I... I I only have a few minutes to preach, so I'm going to just, I'm going to take a few minutes because I want to encourage somebody today. If you're listening to this, this is because you're supposed to listen. If you're here in the sanctuary, it was intended for you to be here. So you're here on divine appointment. So I need you to understand that you're on divine appointment, divine assignment. So you're supposed to be right where you are. If you're listening via Facebook or YouTube, this is divine appointment for you. If you hear this after via podcast, this is divine appointment. This is divine appointment. The Apostle Paul lifts up in those verses read in your hearing in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says some strange things that boggle my mind. Verse five, he says this, for just as Christ's sufferings are ours in abundance, as they overflow to his followers, so also our comfort, our reassurance, our encouragement, our consolation is abundant through Christ. It is truly more than enough to endure what we must. Let me say it again. It is truly more than enough to endure what we must. But if we are troubled and distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted and encouraged, it is for your comfort, which works in you when you patiently endure the same sufferings which we 
experience. And our hope for you, our confident expectation of good for you is firmly grounded, assured, and unshaken. Since we know that just as you share as partners in our sufferings, so also you share as partners in our comfort. For we do not want to be uninformed brothers and sisters about our troubles in the west coast of Providence of Asia Minor. How we were utterly weighed down beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life itself. Indeed, we felt within ourselves that we had received the sentence of death and were convinced that we would die. But this happened so that we would not trust ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. He rescued us. The, the, the King James Version says, He delivered us from so great a threat of death and will continue to rescue us. On him we have set our hope and he will rescue us again, rescue us from the danger that draws near to us. I want to talk from the theme, break every chain. And this is part four, break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Let, let me read it in the New King James Version, just verse 10. He says, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Oh, man. I, I, I came to talk to somebody in the next 19 minutes who's been going through something. I came to talk to some saints who may be suffering in silence. I came to talk to somebody who's been discouraged. I want to talk to somebody who's feeling despondent and down, not trodden, not. I want to talk to somebody who's been going through in their body. I know there's some saints who've been sick who who, who never expected to be as sick as they are now, and they can't see their way clear to health. I know there's some saints in here who have lost loved ones and who are yet weeping. Long after the dirt has been packed down and grass has grown over, our hearts still yield to the pain. I want to talk to somebody who is struggling in this moment in life who's starting to wonder, where is God? What is God up to? Will it ever get any better? Will it ever be fixed? Paul says something that, that caught my attention. Paul decreed and declared, he says, he says, I am delivered. He declares, I am delivered. I, I just need somebody who's seen God break some chains already. Be able to speak out of your mouth and out of your heart right now and decree it over your life even if you don't feel it. I need you to say, I am delivered. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 
even if you don't feel it. I, I want you to be a Romans uh, disciple now and call those things that be not as though they were. And I want you to say, you're not lying and you're speaking into your future and you need to decree and declare now, I am delivered. The, the apostle breaks his, his deliverance down into time segments of past, present, and future. He said, the God who has delivered me, the God who is delivering me, and the God who will deliver me, the God who has delivered me, the God who is delivering me, and the God who will deliver me. I need to just talk to somebody. If you have ever had God deliver you from anything in your life, you can say of an assurance, I am delivered. Even while you're in the midst of waiting on deliverance, you can, oh, oh glory. It's not a faith statement if it's already happened. If he already healed you, you're not a, making a faith statement if you're saying, I know what he can do because he's already done it before. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then. It's not a faith statement. It's a declaration of what God has already done. Many, many times when people when people work with this text, they it's used to depict the progression of salvation. So they talk to the fact that God has delivered us. And then they take the progression in the penalty, the power, and ultimately he will deliver me from the presence of sin. So God has delivered me from the penalty of sin through my salvation. He has delivered me in the midst of sin, the, 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 the power of sin as God sanctifies me, as he cleanses my life, and God will deliver me from the very presence of sin when I make my transition from this life to the next. But you know, Let's just be honest. I love that, but I got another problem. Some of you are going through, and some of y'all are getting side looks from folk wondering why you going through. See, this text is written to the side-looking saints who were looking at Paul as though something must be wrong with you. You look like you carrying around death. And, and they talking about him. Maybe if you had been a little bit better of an apostle, maybe if you did more of what God wanted you to do, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. I went, what? 
the more you profess to be saved, the more people see you as anointed, the more people see the gifts and calling on your life, the more people see God's abundance in you, the more they side look you when you don't feel well. The more they side look you when things are not going great with your family, when you got an issue with your family, your children are out of order. They, they side look you when your husband is not what he ought to be or your spouse is not handling themselves in proper order. They side look you. And Paul said, I got a word for the side lookers. Be looking at me at the corner of your eye. I'm as saved as you are. I'm just suffering right now. I'm going through something right now, but it doesn't mean I'm not saved. I'm going through it. I'm going to make it. God's going to get me through it. Forgive me if you can't stand to see my tears, but I need to let some of this go. My pot is about to overflow. I need to let some steam off and cry sometimes. And what Paul seems to be saying is let no one diminish, demean, dismiss, or speak derogatory about you because you're going through. Let nobody talk about you because you're going through. Let nobody speak ill of you because you've been through some stuff. go through things in life and it does not mean you're out of the will of God say it again saints go through things in life and it does not mean you're out of the will of God I, I got some tongue talking Bible quoting lay hands on you pray for the sick folk who are watching me right now who will tell you out of the abundance of their heart they've done nothing wrong they've only served the Lord and yet they got a diagnosis that did not seem well to them and yet they've been through some heartache and some pain that doesn't seem fair to them and yet they've lost loved ones that they were depending on you can go through And so when you read chapter 1, he greets the saints. That, that, that's what he calls them, saints. He greets the saints, yes. That's not, not, not those venerated by the Catholic Church who have performed three miracles. No, no, no. He, he's talking about the community of gatherers who have been set apart to serve God. He, he's talking to the saints. And he says, I, I need to, he, he, let me put it this way. The apostle is unfolding deliverance and its purpose from a theological perspective. He said, let me explain deliverance to you. Let me explain the breakthrough to you. Let me explain my chain-breaking Jesus to you. 
he, 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 he has a way of, of reminding us that there's deliverance for every trial and God can work it out. I'm on somebody's street and I'm about to go to your address in a moment. Listen. You, 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 ought, you, ought, you, ought to be able, you ought to be able to look at somebody and wave over at them and tell them, Jesus can work it out. Now, now, now the, the song says, if you let him. You, you, you've got to let, you got to know he can work it out. When I read scripture, I have to read it and ask myself, what's missing in the text? What is not here that may be important? Uh, he, what, what is here that he has been delivered, but what has he been delivered from in particular? He leaves off irrelevant information and focuses in on what he learned from the suffering on his journey. He told us something might have happened in Asia, but he didn't say what. He told us that he felt like he was under the penalty of death, but he didn't tell us how. He didn't tell us what that meant. He didn't tell us if someone had put him and set him up for execution or not. He didn't think, tell us whether it was a mob that was about to take him out. He just said, I felt like death was on me. Uh, 50 cents said many men which death upon me blood in the eyes dog I can't see I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be many men which death on me he said I felt like people were wishing death on me and it almost got in my spirit The, the question here, the question here, I only got a couple more minutes, so I got to try to work it through. The question here is, why? Why? You, 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 you shared something with us. He, he gives three reasons, and there are more than that, but three I can get to today. Three reasons are given in the text in these first 10 verses or so. And, and he offers them to us. And, and so let me see if I can give them to you. I've got six minutes and 41 seconds. Watch this. I want to rock and roll with me. So three things he says. N number one, he says, he says, uh, I realize that there is a practical nature of suffering. Paul, what are you talking about? He says, there's a practical nature of suffering. Verse 9 says, Indeed, we felt within ourselves that we had received sentence of death. He says, 
He says, and we're so convinced that we would die, but this happened so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Stop, hold on a minute. Wait a minute, Paul, what are you talking about? He says there's a practical nature of the suffering. In other words, what I went through, God permitted it, so I'll deal with it. Knowing that if he allowed it, he'll deliver me from it. See, there's a whole lot of things you can sing, God blocked it too. And he wouldn't let it be so. But every now and then, God permits certain things to happen to us. And Paul says, I realize if God permitted it, then I'll deal with it. Because I know that I'm not in it by myself. He will take me through it. He will deliver me from it. But then, but then, but then, uh, I'm still talking about the practical nature of suffering. He, the second part here is, 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 is it'll mess your head because the first part is God permitted it so I got to handle it because if he didn't want it to happen it wouldn't. How many times were you supposed to get in a wreck and the car swerved and you weren't even conscious you swerved? How many times were you supposed to get in a wreck and you hit the brake and didn't even know you hit it? How many times were you supposed to be killed? How many times were folk looking to get you and you happened to go in the opposite direction? How many times have you been sick and God raised you up? But then he, said, he says, there was one other practical thing here in my suffering. Watch this, watch this. Verse 10 says, he rescued us from so great a death, a threat of death, and will continue to rescue us. He says, on him we set our hope. Wait a minute. What God tries to help us with is that God breaks the chain of self-reliance so that we will learn to put our hope in him alone. God said, I'm gonna make you understand you need me. I'm going to let you understand. Quit depending on your own self and your own mind and your own thinking and your own wisdom. God said, I want you to realize that your hope belongs in me. And Paul says, I came to an understanding that my hope is in God. The hymn writer put it this way. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. You got to know our hope is in the Lord. 
Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. You, you, need, you need to know this. I see somebody here. I need you to help me right now. You, you rec you're starting to recognize that, that it's all about God in your life. Now, you, you're starting to realize my hope is in the Lord. I thank God for every person God put in my life. I thank God for everyone that will stand with me in the midst of my trial. I thank God for those walking around me and the working with me in the works of Christ. But my hope is in the Lord. I don't have much time left. The psalmist in Psalm 40, verse 1 said, I tell you what, I waited patiently for the Lord. Psalm 40, he says, I waited patiently. I'm looking at somebody right now. When your hope is in the Lord, you got to wait patiently. He says that he inclined his ear to me. He heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. God's getting ready to raise somebody today. God is raising you out of the pit you've been in. God is getting ready to raise you up out the pit you've been in. God's raising you up out of the pit you've been in. Out of the murray clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps he put a new song in my mouth praise to God or God many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord let me let me mess with you here because see your victory is not just for you because every victory God gives to you, he's going to bless somebody else. When somebody sees how you came through, what you've been through, they're being lifted right now. They're being comforted by the fact that you were able to make it. They're using you as a model of how to survive. Even the roughest role, it's not just for you. You're saving somebody else with how you handle your suffering. Okay. It's sinking sand All of the ground Is sinking sand I gotta go, I gotta go. My time is up, y'all. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the red. But, but can I give you one more before I close? I told you I had three yet. I only got the one, but let me. Can I throw one more at you? I, I'll leave it on this one. I got more, more material and I got time. Listen, I'm gonna leave you on this one. This one messed with somebody's head up. It's because of the paradoxical nature of suffering. Somebody look at me like, Reverend, what in the world? My daughter's looking at me, he was like, really, Daddy? <laughs> the, 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 the paradoxical nature of suffering. Yeah, yeah. The word paradox is, is simply a statement or proposition that seems self-contradictory or absurd, but it really expresses a possible truth. Y'all ain't with me yet, huh? I, let me try it another way. It's an opinion or statement contrary to commonly accepted opinions. In other words, nobody gonna look at what you're going through like you're looking at it now. 
preach was. I'm trying to. Nobody's going to see it like you see it now. Nobody's going to understand you. They're going to think you're cray-cray. Something wrong with you. How is it that you're looking at your suffering and still shouting? How are you looking at what you're going through and still saying praise be to God? How is it that you're still saying thank you Jesus and hallelujah? How are you still singing hold to his hand when everything's going wrong? Paul said, you want to see me? He said, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to do something really crazy. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 11, verse 30 says this. He says, I'm going to show you really crazy. If I must boast, I boast in the things which concern my infirmity. Say what? Verse chapter 12, verse 5 of the same 2 Corinthians says, Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. Paul, what? It don't seem to make sense. How you going to boast in going through? He said it's not what you go through. It's how you go through it. Let me tell you something. Anybody ever been through a tunnel? You can ride through a tunnel and go to the other side. Watch this now. I'm going to mess somebody up. You can ride through a tunnel in a hoopty and get to the other side. And you will have arrived at your destination. But I want to tell you something. I've ridden in a Rolls Royce. Never owned one. Never wanted to. But I've ridden in one. I can tell you, you can be in the same tunnel and having two completely different rides. Come on back, come on. You ain't got it yet. If you ever been on a moped, it'll get you from point A to point B. But if you ever get on a Harley, you can go through and have two different rides y'all ain't helping me just yet I'm hunting on a witness here you can go home and lay your head on the floor and go to sleep but if you ever get in a bed with a good mattress you can go through but have two different rides and what you gotta know is it's not that you're going through it's how you're going through because you're learning how to praise God in the midst of your stuff I'm done I'm done I'm done but 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10 ends my sermon. He said, concerning these things, when I started praying about the thorn in my flesh, he said, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart from him. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, 
that I'm strong. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I'm shown up strong. I've been made weak by what I've gone through, but I'm strong now. God! me somebody give the Lord a praise in this place somebody give the Lord a praise in this place let me let me let me do something here every head bowed every eye closed as I close I, 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 I Lord knows I probably have several more slides waiting on you. But I know it's time to stop. But somebody listening to me right now needs this word. You need to know that God has not abandoned you. You're gonna be okay. And that what God has not delivered you from yet does not mean he's not going to deliver you because God is able to break every chain, every malady, every sickness, every heartache, every soul ache, every broken heart, every broken spirit, God knows how to break what needs to be broken and to mend what needs to be mended together again. So right now, I want you just to put whatever it is you're going through before the Lord now. And I want you to just tell God, I'm giving it to you. I'm, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it, I'm not gonna try and deal with it myself no more. I'm gonna give it to you. I know that you have delivered me already. You are in the midst of delivering me right now and you will deliver me. So I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you everything, everything. I give it to you. Where you are in your home right now, surrender to God. See, the first thing God wants to give you, even before you get healed, is peace about what you're dealing with. That's the beginning. Before you ever see healing, before you ever see deliverance, before you ever see the breakthrough, is to be able to walk in peace about what you're dealing with. And God said, I'm gonna give you peace. And even now, you can receive the spirit of peace where you are. So Father, I bless your name in the name of Jesus. Even as those are watching and those who are in the sanctuary, somebody right now is putting on the altar their heart, their desire, their weaknesses, what they're dealing with. I rebuke the devourer for their sake and I receive them even now as God, even as we offer our gift of worship to you now. We offer up our praise, knowing right now, God, as I intercede for them, that you are already dispatching angels, that your spirit is already working on them, that even now the blessing is coming, the breakthrough is coming, doors that are closed that ought to be open are opening up, pathways that have been blocked are being unblocked, and God they're going to be able to walk with you and trust you 
through it all. I thank you that you're doing it, that it's already done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're listening to me today and you want to be a partner with us here at Shiloh, I want to welcome you. You can join our fellowship, become an I member. If you're here today, all of you look like you're members, but if you're not a member and you want to become a member, I want you to welcome you now. You can come down, give your hand to the preacher and your heart to God. You can come and become a part. If you're watching over the internet, <coughs> call us, write us email us, get in touch with us. We will get right back with you and help you to become a part of this fellowship. I love you today. I appreciate you being with us online. I'm gonna invite you now to give as unto God. If you're in the sanctuary and you have your gifts with you, leave them at the door with the ushers on the way out as you walk through the sanctuary. I want you just to leave it at the door. But if you're online and you can still do this, even if you come to the sanctuary, Cash App, GiveLify, mail in, whether you come to sanctuary or not, you can do it either way you want. No pressure, we trust God, amen. We're just gonna trust God through the pandemic. Say, God, this is your church. If you can't take care of it, it can't be done, amen. Amen, we trust in God, amen. So give is unto the Lord. I pray abundance upon you. As you tithe, as you give your offering, don't forget those seed offerings. I need you to seed. Don't forget those seed offerings. Continue to give as unto the Lord.